you don't know Wendy, you've been missing out. She is an all-star leader. More than uh, 30 years of ministry. She's a lead pastor. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's a speaker. I mean, I could just keep going. And uh, she's giving away three uh, books today, three different books. And the way we're going to give them out is I'm actually having Diane secretly choosing three people on the call. So we're just going to do it that way today. And uh, thanks, Wendy, just for your generosity in sewing in. And uh, yeah, we're excited to hear you share today about how I can stay healthy in ministry when everything seems to be caving in on me. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention that Wendy has also been a church planter. So uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be enriched today. So I'm just gonna hand it over to Wendy. Okay. Um, so I just I just thank you for having me. By the way, this is really exciting. I'm being on the other end now being the speaker is kind of a little bit of a different experience so i'm kind of i'm very honored and and uh you know a little nervous because i was on the other end before so this is a little weird <laughs> but i'm honored to be able to speak with you guys today um i know diane's picking um who the books are gonna go to and i'm just gonna do a quick commercial and then we'll get to what we really need to talk about is the word of god today um, a couple of my books, I just, if, if this is something when I just share quickly what the three books are about, if I know they're a gift and a prize and, but if you are like, you know what, I really need that. And I, and I didn't, I wasn't the winner. Um, please let Diane know. Cause I'm, I really, truly don't mind. Um, God is faithful in providing, and I would be more than happy to send out more than three just to bless them and get them in your hands. So um, I am not, I don't profess to be a great writer. I just write as I talk and what I know. So, um, my first book that I ever did was called Lord, Why Are My Thighs? Not Like Hers. It's a, these are devotionals and, um, it's kind of geared more towards ladies. So, um, if anybody is out there who's kind of struggling insecurities in your life, in your ministry, whatever, um, this is kind of my story on how I got through insecurities and really finding out who I am in Christ. So I know that Diane's doing these as a, a random, but if you're struggling and you just need some kind of like assurance on who you are in Christ, um, let Diane know. And I would love to get one of those in your hand. Um, and the other one is a marriage devotional. Um, Lord, why is our marriage not like theirs? And so again, devotional challenges for the man, challenges for the wife, challenges for you to do together as a couple. Um, and just not that you have to have marriage problems to do this. It's just kind of nice to add a little extra spice to your marriage. So if you want that one, let her know. And then this other one, um, excuse me, but did that actually just happen? Just talking about the miracles in the Bible and correlating them with different things that God has done in my life um, that really just hopefully will add an extra little zip to your faith. If you're believing for something and you're not seeing an answer to prayer, it's an awesome way to be reminded um, that God does miracles now, just not only just in the word of God and, and what we read in the Bible, but also still doing it today. So that's my quick little um, blurb and commercial. And just if you don't win from Diane, but you really want one of those, I would love to still send you one. So just let Diane know. So um, today I'm going to talk to you guys um, how to stay healthy when things are feeling like life is crashing down. And 
This may seem really simple to you, um, kind of like leadership 101. And as simple as it might seem, um, I think as I've talked to a lot of leaders about this topic, um, it's interesting to see the amount of leaders that actually do struggle with this. So to start off with, um, I'm going to tell you a little story about a man named Jed. And uh, this guy was a poor mountaineer and he could barely keep his family fed. One day he was shooting up some food and up through the ground came a bubbling crude. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody out there? Oil, that's black Texas tea, they call it. Well, the first thing you know, Jed, he's a millionaire. And all of his friends, kinfolk said, Jed, you need to move away from there. You need to go to a place that you could be load up your truck, go to California. That's the place you need to go. So he moved his family to Beverly Hills, where there's swimming pools and movie stars. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it is a show that was on TV in 1962, which is way before a lot of you were probably born, and went on to be up till 1971. So you need to Google it or tr uh, YouTube it because you'll get a kick out of the show. But I use that as an opening because the premise of this show is a guy who is a mountaineer kind of guy who's living in the bush in a little tiny cabin. He ends up striking oil and he moves to Beverly Hills where there's everything he could possibly want. He has all the money in the world. He has everything, but he still, him and his family still choose to live in the mountaineer kind of way. So if you watch any of the episodes, you'll see they put wood in their oven because they think it's a wood stove and they end up causing, like there's all kinds of like silly things like that that happen. And I wanna kinda use that as a premise today to talk to you guys to really help us to understand as we go through life, are we kinda getting in a rut and staying in what is comfortable? Or are we willing to tap into the resources that are given to us so that family themselves they were going through life in a way that was comfortable they had all the riches in the world but they stayed the way they are so our theme today is how can i stay healthy in ministry when everything around me is caving in and my first question to all of you and you don't have to actually answer but i really want you just to kind of take a moment to kind of do a self check and I ask my staff this when I bring them in for kind of once every now and again, I get them in here. And my first question to them is, how is your pathway to Jesus? Like, is your pathway, you know, if you, if any of you are hikers or like to walk, when you see the path, it's well-worn because there's been a lot of traffic over it. So how is your pathway to Jesus. Is it well worn? Is it a lot of, you know, kind of walking continually on there? Or after a while, when the pathway isn't being used, you know, we start to get growth and grass growing up. So what does your pathway to Jesus actually look like? And I know we all like to think, well, I'm in ministry. And of course, my pathway to Jesus is awesome. And we're great. But when we really take time to just stop and reassess, I want to just ask you to really think about what is your personal time with God for you, not for planning ministry, not for 
planning out what you're going to preach on, not for how am I going to make Bible study work? How am I going to make this church? But what is your personal time with God look like? So with the hillbillies, obviously they are living in a manner that was comfortable. They lived what was normal to them. They lived in a manner that um, they knew. They knew what to do. And a lot of times in ministry, we've done things for so many years that we just keep doing because it's worked and it's good and it's comfortable and we know it. But we forget to tap into the resources that the Holy Spirit has for us. Um, sometimes we can lose track and we forget not to take time for ourselves because Christ has got an insurmountable amount of resources for us to tap into. And just like the show I'm talking about, they had millions and millions of dollars, but yet they were still living in the manner that they did all of their lives. So what are we doing as ministers to really tap into what Christ has for us. Um, John 14, 12 tells us, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will even do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So we got to remember that not only can we do what Christ did in the Word of God, what we read about, but he is making us a promise that when we tap into the resources that he has for us, we can do even greater things than what he did. Galatians 5.16 tells us to walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Now, what I want to point out in this word, and again, we all know the word, we, we preach it, we do it, but are we really listening and paying attention for ourselves to remain healthy for ourselves it says to walk in the spirit to live by the spirit it is a continual process that we need to stay just like when it says in the word to be um, attached to the vine when we are not attached to christ and we start doing things on our own in our comfort and Yes, we're doing ministry. Yes, we're doing all that we think God has called us to do. But are we tapped in? Just like Jeff was saying about, you know, really questioning the Holy Spirit and looking for new ideas, things. How do you, the Holy Spirit, want me to be able to reach these students? We need to be tapped in and living by the Spirit on a continual basis. So we can't just stop and start, stop and start, as in... You know, you're getting a little bit weak, you're feeling run down, the world's crashing down on you, ministry's becoming hard, you've had that phone call or that letter and it's tearing you down, and then all of a sudden we just dive into that time with the Lord and we pray and we call our prayer warriors, please pray for me, I'm going through something and I really, really need you to help me, versus being in a constant, continual relationship with Christ, not just relationship, but a constant, continual um, connection to Christ, not just pick up the spirit when we need it, but to be living all the time through it. So how do we do that? What does that look like? And, and I know I'm speaking to the choir here because we're all ministers and we all are pastors and we're doing ministry and everything. But I am shocked at the amount of pastors that I talk to that aren't taking the time to get into the word for themselves. 
we are great at reading the word with, I got to plan a sermon. I got to get into the word. I got to do a Bible study. I got to get into the word. But do we get into the word for ourselves? This is the one area in our lives that we can be 1000% selfish in our time with God, where we sit down and we actually refuel ourselves in a manner that the Holy Spirit can come. It's not a stop and a start. It's a continual flow where we are hearing and we are around um, being in the presence of God. So what does that look like for all of you? For everybody, it's going to look different. What does your time with the Lord look like? For me, I, as many of us probably do, we have the Bible apps on our phone. Um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I find I can get super distracted by sitting reading my actual Bible because I'm wherever I am, if I'm in my office or if I'm at home, there's always stuff around me that, that will distract me in my reading. So I find that for me, I, I put it on where it's reading to me, where I'm listening to it and it seems to just get in my head better. Um, so taking that time, being conscious, maybe, you know, everybody, again, everybody's in different places. Some of you have young families, young children. It might be hard to sit down and actually listen to anything or read anything because you've got little ones running around or just life in general. So maybe it means putting your Bible app as you're driving to the office so that you're getting the word of God in you. Maybe it's taking a walk and just taking that time to just pray and listen to worship and speak to God and have that conversation with him. A continual um, process of relationship with him. We need to be intentional about it. As ministers, we can be so intentional on so many things, planning out our budgets, planning out what, you know, how are we going to reach that person? Um, what are we going to do for the fall? What are we going to, how are we going to get people into church? What's the best way to reach people? We can be so intentional on the outward, but we forget about ourselves. And then when things get tough around us, we find that we are so weak physically, spiritually, mentally, because we have not been constantly connected to Christ for ourselves. We've been doing it for everybody else. That's that's just part of, you know, when you become a pastor, generally the majority of us, if we if we even if we looked in our Berkmans, a lot of us, it's because we wanna be we want to reach out people because we love people. We want people to know Christ, which is all awesome. But if we aren't refueling our tanks, we are not healthy. So we need to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of our flesh. What are the desires of our flesh? So sin, obviously. Um, but how many of us have not been, you know, necessarily in tune with the spirit where we're walking in the fruit of the spirit? Um, maybe we have wrong attitudes, fear, worry, anxiety. Um, we also need to remember Ephesians 6, how it tells us we don't battle against flesh and blood, um, but a powers and authority, spiritual forces of evil. There is an enemy out there who is, we all know is real and he will pull out all the stops to stop you guys from being able to accomplish what Christ wants to accomplish through you. And when we are not attached to that vine for ourselves, that is an open, a little slight little crack 
where the enemy can come in and start to bring in, you know, weakness, um, negativity, um, wrong thoughts, wrong ideas, uh, overwhelmedness, where, where when we feel things caving in on us, we, we, we feel the intenseness of it in a deeper way. We kind of feel like we've lost control. But when we're walking in the spirit, again, not stop and go, but when we're walking in the spirit and we're connected to Christ all the time, that's where we draw our strength from him. And just to go back to where Jesus tells us how we will do even greater things, but we need to be attached to the vine. And again, I know that, that this is like a kind of a no duh moment. Like, of course we need Jesus and we can all easily say that, but I want to really just have us all just kind of take a self check and really analyze, are we really spending time in the word, in worship, in prayer, where we were refueling for ourselves. Because we can get so caught up in reading the word and, oh, that would make a really good sermon. Or so-and-so really needs to hear about this one. Or that's a great Bible study. I'm going to get into that one and do that. But as the world is changing and things all around us are changing and pressures are, are, are crazy and we're trying to refocus and figure out especially after covid what how are we supposed to lead what are we supposed to do what god will give us all that we need as long as we are remaining in him as long as we are being intentional on tapping into those resources that we have available to us um one last verse that i wanted to share with you guys is zechariah 4 6 not by might nor by spirit uh, sorry, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. When my husband and I were um, in the beginning stages of our church plant that we did um, a number of years ago, my hugest fear of the church plant was, how can I do this? How can I make this happen? How can I make this a success? Because the, the beginning stages seemed so overwhelming to me and so like this is territory I have never walked down and the fear and the worry and the anxiety and, and all of that just came crashing down and the Lord gave me this scripture verse. Wendy, just a reminder, it's not all about you. It's about me and it's by my spirit that we're going to make this happen together. So I had to learn to be super intentional on reminding myself that I need to create a partnership with Jesus. I need to make sure that I am being intentional on making sure that I'm grafted into that vine, that I am not just doing what's comfortable, what I know works, what I'm capable of doing, my abilities to do, it has nothing to do about that, but all about what the Holy Spirit can do in and through me. And in order to do that, we have to be grafted in. And again, I keep saying this, I know this is simple and this is, this is like, obviously that's what we're supposed to do. And we know it, we know it here as leaders, but I really just felt today to challenge each and every one of us, how many of us are really doing it, really taking the time on an everyday regular basis 
to fill our own tanks. We're great at preaching and telling our congregation, you need to get into the word. You need to, God's word is awesome. We're great at doing that. We're great at, you know, like you need to pray. You need, we're great at preaching it, but are we doing it? Are we doing it? So that's really, I mean, it's simple, easy peasy, but the only way we're going to get through challenges in ministry is by being grafted in the vine by tapping into the resources that we've been given, just like those hillbillies. <laughs> you guys need to YouTube that. To not live that life where we have the resources right here, right here, but yet we choose to just live in doing what we are comfortable in doing. So I'm just gonna kind of leave that with you guys. If you have any questions or thoughts, I just would love to hear from you guys. What are things and ways that you are intentional in your own lives in making sure that your pathway to Jesus is staying well-worn. What works for you? What do you find? Maybe even is somebody willing just to share um, a struggle that maybe you have? Because I can guarantee in this room, so to say, of people, there is definitely a handful, maybe even more, who are really struggling to find the time to actually pour back into themselves. So I wonder if somebody would even be willing to, to be transparent enough to kind of share maybe what your struggle has been and how you um, have managed to get through it just to encourage somebody else who maybe isn't brave enough to, to speak up. What are some things that you guys do? It's, and it's hard. Like when I, I struggle, when I'm, when I'm reading the word and, and we're gonna, our brain is automatically going to, to be like, oh, this is really good. And I need to, this will be, this would make a great message. That's, that's just automatically where our brain goes. And when I find that happening for myself personally is when I feel my brain kind of doing that squirrel kind of moment, you know, where you're like getting off track is I'll stop myself and I'll say, okay, God, that's a that's a great sermon. Can you tuck it away in my brain for another moment? And for this moment right now, tell me what do I need for myself to take out of the word today for me? And so that is kind of how I, I would, I mean, we're not going to negate God's word at any point in time and say, oh, yeah, that would make a great sermon, but I can't, I can't do that right now. I mean, I will come back to that and maybe at some point make a sermon out of it, but I won't allow myself to then in, in the moment that's supposed to be my time with the Lord, I won't then start to really analyze how I can make a sermon out of it 
in that moment. Does that make sense? Like my time with the Lord is my time. So yes, God, that's, that would, that would make a great sermon, but can we just set that aside for like two o'clock this afternoon? Because right now it's me and you. And so what do I need to hear for my personal life as a leader, as a person, as a mom, as a wife, what do I need to hear from your word today? Does that, does that make sense, Brad? I think he's, I think you're muted. I don't know if you're talking. Oh, no, that makes sense. Thank you. Sorry, I'm driving. So. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Be safe. <laughs> David's got a question for you, Wendy. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you, Wendy. Uh, such a blessing to listen to you. And thank you for really giving that distinction uh, between another question where you just to share my in our struggles um i mean lately i think i've shared a little bit with dave um yeah that distinction between working for god and walking with god mm. um, you know and um yeah so for me i you know this vision god god called me years ago um been struggling to really plug in fully but i've um done ministry in different uh, space and time. By this time, God, uh, you know, asked me to come to Canada, you know, from Germany, and there was a side wow. like, okay, um, I plugged into the seminary school. I thought there I'm going to be empowered, like, you know, because I've done local training for ministry in my country before coming to the West. And, um, but <laughs> three months into it, I was really really depressed i was my prayer life was zero i couldn't pray like i was struggling for breath and i you know that excitement i had all died of. first i was not looking like somebody not looking for oxygen wow i said how do i save god in this state how do i be a blessing to how can I give what I don't have? So that moment, the Lord had to tell me that I cannot sacrifice what is most important, which is my walking with him for walking for him because I cannot, <laughs> I cannot give what I don't have. Yeah. It's walking with him yes. that I can get the empowerment to walk for him. So what I did was took a break. I, I took a break from the seminary school this summer just to refill and recharge. And it's been amazing. My prayer life has, in fact, now, oh, because I felt like giving up on the ministry, wow. right? That, yeah. that period, I felt like um, let me just forget about this ministry, focus on my IT career and just take care of my family because, you know, but now for going in that vision, like, because I just wanted to just plug in, get my seminary and then start working for God and God says, no, come back. 
Uh, the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yes. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Mm -hmm. So I think the way the Lord taught me in this period is that in ministry, you don't prosper or succeed by jumping out there. You prosper and succeed from his presence. Yes. You function from his presence. You function from his glory. You function from, like you said, staying in the vine, being consistent. Paul said, those things I have experienced, those things I have handled, I am bringing to you. Like those scriptures, like you said, you're reading, oh, that is for, for the congregation. No, have you encountered the scripture personally? Has the scripture changed you? Has it, has it, has it changed your own personal work with God before you are going to export it out there? So, so it's such a great blessing. Just kind of bring me back to my, what I've been going through and where I am right now. And how God has been expanding himself in my heart, as giving me that capacity, that that grace and that light and that energy I, I need to really work for him. So I want to encourage us that don't sacrifice your secret place with God, mm. your prayer altar, your priesthood. Your priesthood with God start with you first, that's you're right. first a believer before you're a pastor. That's right. And so I just just want to add that. And um, thank you so much, Wendy. So that's so good. Sense. That's so good. I love I love when you say about walking in and walking with. Like that's that's powerful, and, and that's exactly it. We need to be walking in with the Lord. It's amazing. Anyone else? I don't know. I may want to say a thing. Uh, is that okay? This is Emmanuel. Hi, Emmanuel. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yes, I thank you so much, Dave, and I thank you, Wendy, for all that you have said. Uh, the, I would just only add a little comment to it uh, in respect to just to emphasize what you said more about not just for the congregation, but for the for you. I, I think I was opportune to start to lead in a church at the age of 14, 15. So at that particular time, because I was trying to know, so I then I was given the opportunity to teach. So I found myself trying to search the scripture for what to say to people. And one day I was praying, the Holy Spirit said to me, you're going to be uh, a, a leader for me, but learn now that you don't have to come to the Bible for the people. You have to come for yourself. You have to have a fellowship with me. So what I, I know this is always challenging. I think we need to have a boundary. And the boundary is, if I have one hour with God for my devotional time, this is the key for me personally. No matter how the struggle, no matter what I want to preach, no matter what I'm doing, I have, let's say, I have one hour with God. That is my devotion. That is my personal time to reflect. I can go to the office and search for the scripture, what I will teach, no problem, but I should have one hour with God where I worship, where I sit down, and, and just have to spend that time with him and fellowship with him. So if we have consistent devotion with God, 
that is that is just our time with God, not just for the church now. I think that will help a lot because from that particular devotion that we have, we can be refreshed and then we can go out, find scripture to teach or whatever. So thank you. That's awesome. Um, just as you're talking, I was thinking First Thessalonians five sixteen, right? So it says pray continuously, right? And and we need to be in that constant, that constant prayer time, that constant realization that Christ is there. It's good. That was good. Thank you for sharing, Emmanuel. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy, for uh, the reminder. That's been awesome. And uh, uh, something that someone. Uh, challenged me with years ago uh, he said you can't disciple others if you don't disciple yourself mm, and uh, I thought that that was really powerful it helped me it helped me see that you know my devotions time is more than just prayer and worship and reading the word but we have to be intentional to go somewhere in our own spiritual maturity and development and uh, so that was very helpful to me and of course that takes time and the practical side of things is and someone else said to me years ago if you don't set your own schedule the people will set it for you isn't that the truth <laughs> and, and that, that was that's a, that was a million dollar advice that i got uh so there was nothing wrong setting in my schedule time for my devotional time spending time with my wife, spending time with my family, spending time uh, with myself, you know, just sitting and looking out the window or sitting in my backyard under a tree and just thinking and pondering. But uh, this guy taught me, you know what, get it into your calendar. So yeah. you can legitimately say when somebody asks you uh, to meet or whatever, uh, you know, unless it's a crisis, um, you know, I'm, I'm booked at that time and, and that's a legitimate thing. So just, just a couple of things that I've learned over the that's years. That's amazing. Being intentional, right? Cause, cause life, you're like, life can take over in, in, we all know in a hot second. I mean, I have never seen an office as busy as ours. It's, it's crazy. And so people will just, you know, we have to have boundaries. People will continually take your time for sure. Um, so yeah, be selfish and intentional in your relationship with him for sure. That's great. Anybody else? Any thoughts or questions? No, I, I don't have a question, but I would like to share what I've learned from you now. Okay. Regarding devotion and your constant commitment or constant work with God. Now, when I became a Christian, doing a devotion was a huge problem for me. I like friends, so when it's time for me to do my devotion, I easily get distracted and all that. I intentionally decided to do it no matter what, by cutting out people during the time of my devotion with, with God. And so, um, touching up a distraction in devotion where people can distract you, family can distract you, um, children can distract you and whatever. First of all, thank you for exposing this scripture to me. Um, I really understand that God speaks. 
So since I have that in mind that God really speaks with that small voice or that audible voice, I have to make a conscious effort by constantly doing it. So one day what I was doing is, even though I wasn't a pastor at that time, um, I heard it clearly in my mind that the Lord is speaking to me, telling me that one day you'll be a pastor. You'll be a pastor, so watch your ways. Know how to do things, how you guide your life, like what our brother says. If you don't know how to take decisions or if you don't know how to do anything, people will do it for you. Yeah. People will just come and do it for you. So having coming out with this kind of devotion to God today has really actually, you have really added my something to my faith. I'm so happy that, yes, one have to walk with God. One have to intentionally or constantly develop a devotion time with him. So thank you very much. I've learned a whole lot of things from your discussion today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, George. I want to just lean in here uh, and just say thanks, Wendy. You know, it uh, it's not just a simple word, it's a powerful word. And I think uh, we just get so busy doing the work of the Lord. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just echo what Wendy has said today and want to encourage you. I think, too, something that can help us is to remember it's not necessarily how much time we spend with the Lord every day, but that we have a time with the Lord every day. That's good. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you, it's more about the frequency than the, the duration. Uh, and so just, uh, just encourage you on that. Can we just show some emoji love to, uh, pastor (laughs) Wendy today? Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Wendy. Thank you for having me. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Diane just has a little note for you in the chat, if you can. Okay. Yep. Up by there. Um, just before we switch into a time of prayer today, uh, I want to just highlight a few things. Um, I I don't know if I've given you this kind of shout out before, but uh, I'm not uh, preaching in my church every Sunday. So if you ever if you ever need relief or you need a guest, like uh I just want you to know I'm here to serve. I I have been out to see a bunch of you and uh, I want to get get around just to support you, care for you, lean in. But uh just so you're you're aware of that. Um great resource if you're planning a church, this book, uh it's a little bit of a textbook planting missional churches by Ed Stetzer and Daniel M who's actually a Canadian and Ed's married to a Canadian too. Daniel's a Canadian Ed's married to a Canadian, but, uh, yeah, it's a great book. Um, actually teaching the Bible college church planting mission course next January, if you want to take that course. Um, so studying up for that, but if you're looking for a great resource, that is a great resource. We're doing a prayer walk. 
Uh, as Michael mentioned, this Wednesday, June 29th, at Dundas Square, and uh, I believe Pastor Jason Randall is going to be there, 12 noon. Love for you to join us and lean in in prayer there. Uh, we're going to meet at noon. The details uh, are in the chat, and if you need more details, just contact Diane or myself. This coming Wednesday, it's going to be amazing. And please register for our barbecue. We gonna, we're going to have some kids' uh, activities and events as well. Brayside Camp, August 13th, 3.30 onward. And we're opening up Jason's small, Arnie's small chicken barn that, that afternoon, evening. So if you need gear, uh, we have some gear in a nearby barn. And uh, you can come and check that out. It'll be, uh, it'll be more fun than any auction you've ever been to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the information's in the chat there. Uh, I want to share one more scripture with you. Sometimes when we're church planning and on mission, we can feel like we're all alone. And uh, just to remind us of that great songwriter, uh, Leland, even when I don't feel you, mm. you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're with me. And I want you to stand on God's word from Deuteronomy and Hebrews 13, the promise of God, verse uh, 5 and 6, never will I leave you. That's good. Never will I forsake you. And just to remember as Christians and Pentecostals, that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon us. The Holy Spirit is within us. Mm. The person, the person who raised Jesus from the dead is inside you. And if we're doing what Wendy said today, he's going to be overflowing out of us. And so, uh, just parting shot there. Never, God says, never never will I leave you never will I forsake you so if you're feeling alone if you're feeling in a value if you're feeling fruitless I want to remind you about the Word of God and the truth of God and that you would just be uh, you'd be enlarged if that's a word you'd be strengthened you'd be encouraged you'd be built up okay we're gonna switch uh, and we're gonna take 11 minutes so